This is the Orange Podcast. Conversations with Orange City Council for the local community. This is Alan Reader, and you've tuned in for an arresting edition of the Orange Podcast, finding out more about what's happening in the corridors of Orange City Council. Today on the show, an internationally known Australian who's taken on a very new direction after a life-changing incident. Before we get to meet a former Yellow Wiggle, yep, that's right, I did say Yellow Wiggle, we'll hear from a local resident who shares a crisis in common. Orange football coach Steve Hampson was on the sidelines at a rugby union ground, Pride Park, on a typical Saturday when his life changed without warning. Steve Hampson. Basically, it was just a Saturday for me, like any other Saturday. Uh, come referee Colts, um, out the back of a shower, something to something to eat, then go out, warm first grade up and go. And, and uh, basically, I was I was talking to one of the first grade players, Chris Barrett, um, while having something to eat after having the shower. And um, and uh, the last thing I remember saying is that we uh, we better go and get ready. It's going to be a, a tough game. And fortunately for me, we were playing CSU that day. And CSU run a, a, a paramedic course over there, and they have a number of number of students that, that play in their rugby team. And fortunately for me, a couple of those guys I'd, I'd refereed in cults previously were walking past as as I collapsed, and it was um, um, I was told I didn't do, didn't do much of a job in that cults game refereeing, so I was fortunate that they did stop and help. And uh, they they took charge. There was a a retired nurse uh, sister uh, sitting in the grandstand, and a student nurse sitting in front, and. Uh, so I was just fortunate to have every possible resource um, right by me as soon as I collapsed. So within seconds of, of falling onto the ground, um, they, they started CPR. The, the, the CSU students uh, sort of took charge. They asked for the AED to be brought out. Um, I was, um, had six um, shots from that. Um, and... Uh, Basically, they worked on me here for between 20 and 30 minutes um, and uh, then loaded me in an ambulance to take me to, uh, to Orange Hospital. All up, I was non-responsive for 43 minutes um, and basically in the ambulance on the way to the hospital, um, I, I came back to life and, uh, and that was, uh, I, think, I understand, a combination of the, of the great CPR work done by everyone here, the AED. And I, I remember none of that. I've only got all that from an ambulance officer that was there. And uh, basically the first thing I remember after Saturday was Tuesday. You're listening to the Orange Podcast. We've just heard the story of Steve Hampson and how his life was saved by an AED. We've got another um, guest in the Orange Podcast studio today who's been through a similar story. Um, yellow, former Yellow Wiggle, Greg Page joins us. Greg, thanks for coming in. Oh, great to be here. Thank your, you. Your, the story of your of um, your cardiac arrest is well told. When someone has a cardiac arrest, they often change their diet or become a, a health exercise nazi. You started a charity. What's that about? <laughs> well, look, I think when I woke up in hospital and saw my cardiac arrest being covered on the news, I thought this is an opportunity to use my profile and my public image, I guess, my, my whatever goodwill there might be in my name, to try and leverage that and use it to save lives. And what better cause could there be to try and save lives? I mean, cardiac arrest has a very, very low survival rate. Only 10% of people survive. And 
in 21st century Australia, I'm sure we can do much better than that. And yet it is one of those one of those conditions that is very uh, fixable with the, with the right gear and the right training. It can be, that's right. When somebody goes into sudden cardiac arrest, so we're talking about people that look otherwise healthy. They've got no obvious reason why they would be going into to cardiac arrest. And when you think about the numbers, it's just staggering to think how many people there are out there every day going into cardiac arrest that can potentially be saved by what we call the chain of survival. And that, that's about having one nearby. It is. It's, what it's are a, the steps in that, in that chain of survival? So the links in the chain of survival are call, push, shock. Call triple zero. As soon as you find somebody who's not responsive, if you can't wake somebody up, call triple zero straight away. If they're not breathing normally or at all, then start CPR and get the nearest AED and use it to shock the patient. And the great thing about an AED is it will only shock the patient if they need to be shocked, and it won't shock you as the responder if you follow the instructions. And the instructions are, are very clear and easy to follow. In fact, there was a study done fairly recently that put fifth grade students against medically trained professionals and they gave each of those two groups an AED that they'd never seen before and it was up to them to try to work out how to use it. The fifth grade students performed almost equally as well as the medically trained professionals. It's an amazing bit of kit. Yeah, it shows that you don't have to be a doctor or a nurse to save a life. It talks to you. It does. It talks you through what to do. So if you can listen to instructions and follow instructions, you can save a life. But then you've got to have one nearby. It's got to be nearby. If, if it's not on a patient within three to five minutes, the chances of survival are far less. We know that when you can get an AED on a patient within three to five minutes, survival rates can be as high as 70%, which is incredible to think that we can go from 10% survival rate to somewhere up around 70% within three to five minutes of people having access to the full chain of survival. So not everyone can afford a couple of thousand dollars to have one in their house. If we do it as a community, if people share the cost, that means there can be one within a few minutes of my house. Absolutely. And I think this is the the way of the future. You don't necessarily need one in every home. You can communally fund an AED. And across 40 homes, chipping in $75 each, it's probably the cheapest way that you can own an AED. But you're not only owning the AED, you're having access then to potential responders who can bring Bring the AED to you. So for instance, if you're at home with your partner and your partner collapses, you can stay and do CPR, which is vitally important, while one of your neighbours goes and gets the AED and brings it to you. So this is a program called Heart of the Nation Communities, where we are encouraging communities to chip in and purchase this system that saves lives. It's a package that costs $2,990, so $2,990, and you know, if it's across 40 homes, it is $75 each, but it's not about the price and the value. It is about the fact that you have neighbours who are connected to each other through the Heart of the Nation app. So that when you use the Heart of the Nation app to alert an incident, it calls triple zero, but it sends a notification to your neighbours if they have the app as well to receive that notification, get the AED and be become that responder that brings the AED to save the life. As communities have picked up that package... Does it help to create a sense of community around us, Hubbard? It, it does indeed. We've got, we're engaging with numerous communities around Australia at the moment, and that's what we're finding. We're finding that people that didn't talk to each other as neighbours, and I think we've probably lost this in our community over the years, where communities didn't talk to each other, now they're engaging again, which is great because 
the catalyst for it is something that can save a life. But at the end of the day, it might just come down to being the fact that neighbours are now talking to each other again and being social. So it's a catalyst for change, and hopefully it's a change that might save lives. In recent days, since there was since your visit to Orange, there's been some coverage of uh, the need to download the app, but also the need for businesses where there is an app in town to let people know, to, to let the broader community know by registering the app themselves. Yeah, if businesses have an AED at work, or if you've got one at your local club, wherever you might be that you know there's an AED, ask the owner of the AED to register it with the Heart of the Nation network. Go to heartofthenation.com.au forward slash join. Register the AED, it's free to do, and we'll send you stickers that you can place on the front door or window of your business that will let people know that it's there, and we'll also register it on the Heart of the Nation app, so that when people download the app, they can find their nearest AED that's registered on our network, and they can access it when needed to save a life. If you work for a big company in Orange and you know there's an AED somewhere in your company building, here's a fun game to play. Ask the manager if he knows where it is. Ask that person on the front desk if they know where it is. I recently tried that in this particular building at Orange City Council and I got a variety of answers. Is that a problem? You don't really... It's a handy box that we tick. We've bought the gear. It's sitting in a cupboard somewhere. Do we need as as organisations to build some better local awareness? Where's the green, yellow, white box? Yeah, you're right. It is a big problem. People think, yes, we've done that. We've bought the AED. What they haven't done is to make sure that it's visible, accessible, and actionable. So visible, it needs to be clearly seen by anyone, not just staff, but customers too. Because let's say it's a small business. There might only be two staff there. If one staff member's out at lunch, there's one staff member left there, that one person collapses A customer comes in, finds them on the floor, but they can't find an AED that is there. It seems ludicrous that people invest in these devices that can save lives, but they stick them away in cupboards, they lock them away, they put brooms and all sorts of things in front of them to make them inaccessible so that when they're needed, they either can't be found or they can't be gotten to. They're locked up in a cupboard that nobody's got a key to. It's just crazy. So it is about awareness, awareness of where these things are, awareness about making them accessible at all times, but also the fact that you don't have to be trained to use one. You don't have to be the first aid officer. You don't have to have a first aid certificate. Just turn it on. It'll talk you through what to do and you can save a life. It's part of the tragedy of these situations that it takes a tragedy before everyone takes it seriously. Unfortunately, it's, it's, that's right. Yeah, we, we've heard this week in some of the coverage the story of Steve Hampson and at the time of his incident at the, up at the Waratahs Sports Ground, there was one AED in that organisation. Now, because of where they've been for the last few years, there's one in the clubhouse, there's one one rugby field and another one to be used by the touch footy crew who use that. So it, it's it would be nice if we learnt these lessons before the tragedy, but go figure, we're human, I suppose. Yeah, that's right. And look, in Steve's case, it's a positive outcome for him, leading to a further positive outcome in the sense that there's more AEDs at that location now and more awareness. The tragedy is, though, most cases of cardiac arrest result in not a positive outcome. It's a devastating outcome of loss. And then people do think about those things. What we want to have happen is we want to see more people surviving because people have already done that forward thinking and planning. They've got more AEDs out there and people know where they are and how to use them. You've started to have a conversation with some leadership at Orange City Council. Um, it looks optimistic for a future for a community that's going to start looking at how we can do this together as, as a regional city. 
Absolutely. I was so encouraged by the meeting that I had with Orange City Council today. Um, it's, it's a really good sign to see leaders saying, here's an issue, here's a solution that can be adopted, and we are prepared to adopt a solution for this problem. And when that problem is people's lives, it's a massive step forward because this issue of cardiac arrest, I think, has been swept under the carpet for so many years because it gets mistaken with heart attack. Right, the, the, the two terms are actually different physiological events, but the two terms are used interchangeably. And when that happens, people tend to think, oh, look, it was a heart attack. And they tend to think there's nothing that could have been done because Uncle Bob died of a heart attack and that was it. Then nobody could save him. You know, the lady down the street had a heart attack and died. Oh, that's just that's just what happens. It's not what has to happen. I had a massive heart attack. Steve Hampson had a massive heart attack. We survived because there was a strong chain of survival in place. I always say, I was in the right place at the right time. We want to create more right places at the right time for more people, and we'll see more survivors. Greg Page, thanks for your time today, helping Orange to be transformed into one of those communities. Thanks for your time. Pleasure. Thank you. And you can expect to hear a lot more about Orange City Council's plans to boost local awareness of AEDs in the coming months. But for now, that's the Orange Podcast for this week. Remember, you can download this program anytime from the Orange City Council website or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. The Orange Podcast is produced on Wiradjuri Country. Until next time, this is Alan Reader. Bye for now.